Church of Christ presents Live Now in Defiance, the reflection by the Reverend Jean Randall Bodman, presented on Sunday, November 5th, 2023. Please pray with me. Holy One, source and goal of all our living, make the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts a doorway to you, for surely you are our strength and our salvation. Amen. Well, I was standing at the stove in my kitchen the other day, and it happened again. I felt my mother behind me. She was there in her habitual place, laughing, not at me, but with me. Now, you should know that my mother died in 2010. (laughs) Sometimes the very absence of a beloved person becomes a sort of presence of its own, carrying its own weight. There is a place in my kitchen between the table and the window where my mother once stood, morning coffee in her hand, her beautiful face radiantly happy. Thirteen years after her death, I experience her there still. No matter who else moves through that space, her absence still echoes with the radiance of her presence. She's always there, just beyond my sight. I come around the corner and know, with a pang of both sorrow and joy, that there is no time at all between then and now. I may not be making any sense. I have had a bad head cold. But I think, at least for me, there is a thin place right there in my kitchen where so much joy happened, where the veil between the worlds is very thin, Not always, not constantly, but repeatedly and delightfully. The Celtic Christians who first articulated this idea of thin places had actual places in mind, natural places and human-made sacred spaces that were built on or near those places of great natural beauty. But also, and perhaps first, they thought of thin places in time times in the cycle of the natural year and in the cycle of the church year, times set apart when the distance between the material everyday world and the transcendent world seemed very small, when that distance was revealed to have always been very small. The distance doesn't change, but we see differently in those thin places, those times and places that are thin for us. The constant nearness of the transcendent world becomes apparent to us. Historically, the church has named what we are celebrating today, All Saints and All Souls Day, as such moments in time. Time when the nearness of the transcendent is felt and it feels very present and real. Time when we can acknowledge our loss, our grief, and our longing for the beloved ones who have gone ahead of us. A time when we can also acknowledge our joy in having known them and our gratitude for the light that they gave to our lives and to everyone around them. We can pause and trust that even though they have gone beyond our seeing, they have not gone beyond our loving. 
nor have they stopped loving us. Our spirits can dance for a moment in the great dance of creation, caught up together in the one beloved community that stretches across time and space. Now, you should know about me that I came to this celebration late, having grown up in a Presbyterian church where we were very comfortable with All Souls Day, but quite suspicious of the word saints. That smacked of Catholicism and papacy, and it seemed very foreign and perhaps a little bit dangerous. We came down heavy on the side of the priesthood of all believers, but sainthood, not so sure. I think some of my Sunday school teachers were actually frightened that venerating saints meant worshiping them. And if we were close to worshiping other human beings, that might tip us right over into heresy and paganism. But I grew out of it. I grew up, and I sojourned among the Episcopalians for several years. Now, I don't know how, if any of you have spent time in the Episcopal world, but there are three broad categories of Episcopalians. You have your high and crazy, with lots of incense and bells, and kneeling and genuflecting. You're broad and hazy, who do some, but they're not sure why. And the low and lazy, who scoot to the front of the pew, but don't quite kneel. I went to a high and crazy church. We had lots of incense and kneelers and genuflecting. And I loved it. To me, it was a rich embodiment of faith. The richness of ritual was nourishing. And it was there that I learned to think of saints as light bearers, both the famous named ones whose names are known by everyone in our culture, but also the obscure ones, the ones that no one whose names very few knew, who were on the edge most of the time, and saints from completely different religious traditions, whose names no one inside Christianity knew, all of them bearers of light to the world around them. Not because they were perfect, but because they did not let their own imperfections or the imperfections of the world keep them from loving widely and deeply. Once you shift to this perspective, it's easy to see saints in all kinds of places. I learned on the day of my mother's funeral that she also was a saint. Now, my mom was a fabulous mother. She was creative and smart and funny and tender, but she was not a perfect human being. But during her memorial service, so I at first thought, how could she be a saint? But during her memorial service, I learned to see her in a new way. A relative of mine, a young man who was both brilliant and volatile, and had at the time just newly been diagnosed with schizophrenia, stood up to speak. And in the family pews, there was an almost imperceptible intake of breath and then silence as we waited to see how this would go. And at first, it seemed like our fears were coming true because my cousin began to speak loudly and rapid fire. And we all waited. I looked over and noticed that my cousin, the mother of the man speaking, was looking directly at him with a face full of love, just beaming her love at him. I don't know whether it was because he felt that wave of love coming at him or he saw his mother's face, but he took a deep breath and he got very quiet and he said, 
I have difficulty with people. But Auntie Pie was always happy to see me. She always welcomed me. And no, no matter how much I needed to talk, she always listened to the very end. She made me feel wanted and part of things, and I will never forget it. She made me feel human. So I learned that day that at least to Alex, my mother was a saint, letting love flow through her over and over again to someone whose health challenges and communication style could be a barrier to many people, but not to my mother. She just loved him, and he knew it. Living as we are in wearying and frightening times, it's easy to want to look for people to save us, to look for heroes who will get us out of all the fixes that we are currently in. We want to have admirable guides who know the way, the way that we should go, people that we can trust. And of course, there's nothing wrong with that. We are in a lot of fixes in the world, and we do want heroes to save us. But heroes and saints are not exactly the same thing, and I think perhaps we need more saints than we need heroes. There may be some people who are both, but I think that's a pretty tricky balance. Diana Butler Bass pointed out in a recent article that in general, the cultural stories we have about heroes and saints are quite different. A hero is the one who rushes in makes the decisive intervention that changes the course of the story. The hero is at the center of the story. It's told about them to celebrate their virtues, their courage, their bravery, their wisdom. Saints, on the other hand, are often minor players on the periphery of the story. They may not be distinguished by their heroic ability to fight or pontificate or create diplomatic breakthroughs. The saint may not even be particularly strong or brave or clever. What they are is faithful and consistent and persistent in loving. Um, Eugene Peterson's beautiful title, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, springs to my mind when I think of saints. It's a book he wrote about how to be a disciple, but I think it captures what it means to be a saint. A long obedience in the same direction. The hero story is often one of pitched battles and courage, and they begin with the assumption that the hero is going to have to fight because we live in a world of limited resources and scarcity, and it is the hero's job to protect those resources for their people, or perhaps to protect their people from the depredations of the other people who are going to steal what is our own. Saints, on the other hand, are anchored in Christ and in the Spirit. They do not presuppose scarcity. They come with the assumption that there is enough, enough for everyone. So their stories do not require the perpetuation of violence to solve this problem of scarcity. They don't see it as real. Heroes, <coughs> Heroes tend to stand alone. Their stories show that they stand out from their community by their excellence, their virtue or their courage, their decisiveness. The stories of the saints, on the other hand, are stories of people who have learned not only to depend on God, 
but to depend on one another. And they don't see this interdependence as a handicap, but as a central strength. These five markers of sainthood, seeing from the periphery, faithfulness, gratitude, recognition of imperfection and finitude, and interdependence are surely the qualities we need in the people we look to to get us out of the fixes we are currently in. I've been thinking about saints and wondering, where can we find these people? Where can we find the people that we need? And I think Jesus tells us exactly where to find them in the Beatitudes. We can find the saints among those who are empty-handed, those who are broken-hearted and powerless, wishing that they were closer to God, those who love in the face of hate, those who seek oneness, and those who stand with God among the poor. I think Howard Zinn may have pointed us in the right direction. He said this, to be hopeful in bad times is based on the fact that human history is a history not only of cruelty, but also of compassion, sacrifice, courage, and kindness. What we choose to emphasize in this complex human history will determine our lives. If we see only the worst, it destroys our capacity to do something. If we remember those times and places, and there are so many where people have behaved magnificently, this gives us the energy to act, and at least the possibility of sending this spinning top of a world in a different and a good direction. And if we do act in however small a way, we don't have to wait for some grand utopian future. The future is an infinite succession of present moments. And to live now as we think human beings should live in defiance of all that is bad around us, that is itself a marvelous victory. As we give thanks for the saints who have spread light in our hearts, in our homes, on our pathways, and as we ask for the grace to offer ourselves to others, allowing our own cracked, imperfect lives to spread God's light and love, I offer you this blessing by Maya Angelou. My wish for you is that you continue. Continue to be who and how you are to astonish a mean world with your acts of kindness. Continue to allow humor to lighten the burden of your tender heart. Continue in a society dark with cruelty to let the people hear the grandeur of God in the peals of your laughter. Continue to let your eloquence elevate the people to heights they had only imagined. Continue to remind the people that each is as good as the other and that no one is beneath or above you. Continue to remember your own young years and look with favor upon the lost and the least and the lonely. Continue to put the mantle of your protection around the bodies of the young and the defenseless. Continue to take the hand of the despised and diseased and walk proudly with them in the high street. Some might see you 
and be encouraged to do likewise. Continue to plant a public kiss of concern on the cheek of the sick and the aged and the infirm, and count that as a natural action to be expected. Continue to let gratitude be the pillow upon which you kneel to say your nightly prayer. Let faith be the bridge you build to overcome evil. Continue to ignore no vision which comes to enlarge your range and increase your spirit. Continue to dare to love deeply and risk everything for the good thing. Continue to float happily in the sea of infinite substance which set aside riches for you before you even had a name. Continue, and by doing so, you and your work will be able to continue eternally. Amen.